I hope you had a great spring break. And right before spring break, we were in our series, Missional Move, Hope for the City. And we were talking about what's next for our church. And we said that our new vision in this next season is to be a movement of hope for the city and beyond. And we talked all about how we feel like God is inviting us to be a church for a region, to create a campus or a harbor within a 20 minute drive of everyone who lives in North Texas. And we said, it's obviously a significant investment to be able to do that. And so we invited every family to ask, listen, and respond to how God would have them participate. And so I want to kind of bring you the results is after everyone participated, we had thousands and thousands of people make a commitment. Thousands of people take a next step on their journey of generosity. And if every one of us who made a commitment fulfills that commitment, and if every one of us who took a next step in the direction of generosity keeps moving in that direction and we keep reaching people over this next season, we will be able to do everything God is inviting us to do. That, that is incredible. We're literally doing the impossible together. We're moving mountains, we're walking on water, we're defeating giants in Jesus' name. And so I just wanna say thank you. Thanks for being a church that's more interested in reaching the lost than being comfortable and convenient. Thanks for being a church that would rather take the resources that we have and instead of just using them on ourselves, we wanna invest them so people can walk through the waters of baptism and find the hope that Jesus offers them. Thanks for being a church that wants to say, Jesus is Lord and we will follow no matter what. And so over the next few months and seasons, as we walk through this, as stuff happens, I'll be bringing you updates of where we're at and what's happening. But I just wanted to start today by giving you an update on that. The journey has just begun. So here we go. You see, our theme for this year, and this is how it all ties in, our theme as a church is to pioneer. We said that's kind of the theme that we're having as a church for the entire year, taking new ground together. And sometimes the hardest ground to take is not the ground out there, it's the ground in here. In fact, the hardest ground to take is the ground in here that you don't even think you need to take. And so we're going to start a new series today called Blind Spots. And we're going to talk about taking some ground in here that maybe we don't really see because you see what's easy to see in others is really, 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 really hard to see in ourselves. And yet those blind spots that we can't see in ourselves, they're hurting us. They're keeping us from the life that God has for us. And so in this series, I believe God is going to bring us some freedom. I believe there's a different tone to this series. And so I just want to encourage you to lean in, to take everything that God has for you for these next three weeks. And when we think of the term blind spot, most of us instantly go to driving. Like we've all had an experience where we're driving down the road you got your favorite song on the radio. you got a cup of coffee in your hand. All is well. And as you're driving, there's a car in front of you and they have a blind spot. They don't see you. And so without a blinker, without any hesitation, they just pull into your lane. you got to slam on the brakes. you got to swerve to the side. Your coffee splashes. You lost your favorite song. And they just take off as if nothing happened. And you're giving them a friendly gesture and saying a whole bunch of friendly things. Blind spots, right? Causes you to swerve right off the road. Or we, we've all seen the guy that had a great lunch about five hours ago. And what he doesn't realize is for the last five hours, there's been a piece of salad stuck in his beard. 
and we're talking to him and it's almost like you're like, you can't even like look at him. It's so, so like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, oh, come on. You might, if you got a beard, that might be you. We've all seen the lady that has her makeup just right and the front of her hair is perfect, but for some reason she didn't look in the back and in the back she's got that bedhead thing going on. You know what I'm talking about? Guys, don't laugh if you're sitting with your wife. That would be bad for you. Blind spots. Those are physical ones we can think of that are really easy, but then we also see the blind spots in people. Like we all know the person on social media that every post is about how amazing they are. We all know that person that in our crowd of friends or whatever is the overtalker, like they never stop talking. We all know the person that's like the drama mama that makes drama out of everything. You know what I'm talking about, right? Those are called blind spots. They're so easy to see in other people. In fact, if you think of the people in your life right now, you know exactly what their blind spots are. Just think of your people, your family, your friends, the people you do life with. Like you, you know exactly what their blind spots are. They're so predictable. You can see it just like that, but they don't have a clue. And that's why we say things about people and we say, oh, you know, that's just so-and-so, right? Oh, oh, you know, that's just so-and-so. They never stop talking. Okay, did you ever notice that we never say that's just so-and-so when it's a good thing? We never say, you know, that's just so-and-so. They're so kind. That's just so-and-so. They're just so gracious. No, no, it's always a negative thing. It's a blind spot that everyone else can see, but they don't even have a clue that it exists. And so we just say, you know, that's just them. Like they don't see it and they don't see it. You see, let's define a blind spot together. A blind spot is any area of brokenness that is obvious to others, but it is hidden to ourselves. It's a blind spot. It's an area of brokenness that is so easy for other people to see, but it is almost impossible to see in ourselves. It's like you can look at someone else, you know exactly what it is, but for some reason we can't see them in ourselves. And the problem is, is they're killing us. They're hurting our relationships and keeping us from moving forward. They're keeping us from the life that God has for us. And you and I, we have blind spots. I mean, think of Peter for a second. That guy had so many blind spots. It's amazing he could see anything. If you look at Peter in the Gospels, he's brash, he's arrogant, he's insecure, he's a little bit obnoxious. I mean, just, just track him through the Gospels. One of the first times we see his blind spot is he dares Jesus to invite him to come walk on the water. And then we see Peter's blind spots show up when the kids come to Jesus and he runs them away. Peter had such a big blind spot that when Jesus said he was going to the cross, Peter stood up and rebuked Jesus and told him he couldn't go to the cross. I'm just saying, you got a blind spot if you're rebuking Jesus. A little while later, he cuts off the ear of a guy that Jesus is talking to. He denies Jesus three times to a servant girl. And while the resurrected Jesus is trying to restore Peter, his blind spot is still so big that he's not engaging the grace in his own life. He's worried about what Jesus is going to ask John to do. Are you kidding me? Blind spots. And all 11 disciples knew exactly what Peter's blind spots were, but he didn't have a clue. And those blind spots didn't show up when he started following Jesus. No, those blind spots have been haunting Peter his whole life. They impacted him when he was a kid in school. They impacted him as a, in his family at home. 
They impacted his marriage and his in-laws. They impacted his business. Those blind spots impacted Peter every day of his entire life. And they were obvious to everyone else, but he couldn't see them no matter how hard he tried. And so here's the interesting question is, what are your blind spots? The answer is you don't know. They're so obvious to the people in your life, but, but you don't have a clue what they are. Like, I hate to break this to you, but the people in your life say, you know, that's just so-and-so about you. Like, here would be some examples of some blind spots. These were just different blind spots I saw when people that I interacted with this week. So if you interacted with me this week, this might be one of your blind spots. <laughs> Drama, gossip, pessimism, pride, judgmentalism, bitterness, insecurity, people-pleasing, mediocrity, controlling, anger, aloofness, addiction, selfishness, difficult, opinionated, entitled, cheap, half-hearted, defensive, okay? Those are all examples. We have blind spots, and they're hurting us. And the problem is, is if you have a blind spot in an area you lose your entire vision for that space. What I mean by that is is if you have a blind spot in the area of finances, you have no vision for financial freedom. If you have a blind spot in the area of relationships, you have no vision for healthy relationships. If you have blind spots in your spiritual journey, you have no vision for the abundant life that Jesus offers you. Why? Because it's impossible to have a robust vision when you're in the dark. Blind spots keep us from seeing what is and what can be. The blind spots in your life prevent you from seeing what currently is, but they also prevent you from seeing what can be in the life that God offers you, which means blind spots literally steal your present and they hide your future. I mean, I want you to think about this for a second. This is kind of how it works. A blind spot is a misperception. You're not perceiving the world around you accurately and misperceptions will lead to false conclusions and false conclusions lead you to dysfunctional actions. Like just think about the driving example. Someone's driving down the road. They look in their mirror. They don't see you. It's a blind spot. So they have a misperception. They don't think a car is there. So they make a false conclusion to that I can move right now and there's no big deal. And in that false conclusion, they move and it leads to a dysfunctional action that drives you off of the road. Does that make sense? Now think about that in terms of this like this. So misperception of blind spot. Let's say you have a blind spot in the area of trusting God. You may talk a big game and you think all this stuff about trusting God, but maybe it's a blind spot and you you really don't see that you don't. And so you'll have false conclusions. In other words, when life starts to happen, you might have this conclusion that you need to make everything come back together. So all of a sudden you'll become dysfunctional in your actions and you'll start controlling everyone and everything. Or how about maybe you have a misperception in the area of security? of just security and life. And so when life starts to storm and things start to get hard, you'll make false conclusions and you'll think everything is flying apart. And so you'll have a dysfunctional action and you'll become incredibly dramatic in a way that you didn't need to. Or or let's say you have a misperception or a blind spot in the area of finances. You'll make false conclusions and think there's never enough or that money buys happiness or whatever it is, which will lead you to dysfunctional actions where you'll become greedy and selfish and hoard and and live as if there's a scarcity mindset in the world around you. One more, let's say you have a misperception or a blind spot in the area of the goodness of God. You will make false conclusions about every area of your life and it will lead you to dysfunctional actions. 
and you'll start swerving all over the road, driving the people you love off the highway of life. It's impossible to build a healthy life with a whole bunch of misperceptions. Why? Because blind spots lead to bad beliefs and bad beliefs always lead to broken behaviors. And so you can look at a bunch of the broken behaviors in your life and just track it back. Somewhere you have a faulty belief system and somewhere that belief system is probably getting created by what you see. This is why 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We often read that verse and we think, man, why has God got to make it hard for us? Why, do, why does he want us to walk by faith? Why can't he just show us everything and then we could just obey and go do that? Well, the reason God wants you to walk by faith and not by sight is because you have blind spots. He doesn't want you to walk by sight because guess what? You have blind spots. You don't clearly see everything around you. Like I hate to break this to you, but your perception of the world does not now automatically mean that it's truth. You know that, right? <laughs> You're like, no, my, mine is. No. Like your perception of the world does not automatically mean it's truth. We all have blind spots. So God wants us to walk by faith instead of sight because if we walk by sight, we're walking with limited vision, with limited understanding, with misperceptions that lead to false conclusions and dysfunctional actions. I mean, we all know the saying, seeing is believing. believing. That's dysfunctional. That means we believe what we see which is probably what actually happens. The problem is, is everything we see doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean we have an accurate vision or perspective of my marriage or my finances or my life or my calling or my job. That's what I see, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's truth. Faith doesn't come by seeing, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is why Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. In other words, what faith is, is allowing God's truth to determine what I see instead of allowing what I see to become my truth. And that's what a blind spot does. A blind spot is what you see becomes your truth and you start swerving all over the road of life, driving the people you love into the ditch. And this is why blind spots keep us from broken or keep us from healthy relationships, keep us from moving forward, keep us from fresh opportunities. Blind spots cause you to live a drastically inferior life to the one that God created for you. That's why we got to deal with them. In fact, look at what Jesus says in Matthew 7. This is one of those famous verses you, you might have heard before. This is what Jesus says. He says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you will be able to see well enough to deal with the speck that's in your friend's eye. The church would have done well to have taken these three verses over the last few hundred years and really taken them to heart. If the church of Jesus would have just been more interested in removing the log out of our own eye than the speck out of the world's eye, just imagine how different things could be. The problem is, is we get so focused on the speck in someone else's eye that we forget that Jesus is offering us grace to remove the log out of our own eye. 
And I love the graphicness of which Jesus is painting this picture. Like this was the Sermon on the Mount. There's a bunch of people sitting there. He's telling the story. And I just want you to think about how he's trying to illustrate this for us. He says, there is a log in your own eye. I want you to close your eyes for a second with me. And I want you to picture a log coming out of your eye. Okay. Now, if you thought of like a little bitty baby branch, that might be a little bit of pride. Think of a log, a giant tree coming out of your eye. Jesus is saying, that's what's happening, which is a blind spot. Because if you've got a log coming out of your eye, let's be honest, you can't really see very well the world around you. So now I want you to visualize with me. You've got a log in your eye, and I want you to think about, okay, you're laying in your bed, wherever you go, wherever your life is, and all of a sudden the alarm starts. Beep, 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 beep. You get up. You've got a log sticking out of your eye. You got to now get into the bathroom. So somehow you got to bend and move and you get in there and you go and you do your business and you come out. I want you to visualize this in your house and you walk into the kitchen and whoever's there, your family, whoever you live with, whatever it is, you got a log sticking out of your eye and they're in there for breakfast too. And every time you move, that log just sweeps through the entire kitchen. (laughs) Everywhere you look, everywhere you move, the people you love, the people you live with, what are they doing? They're dipping, they're dodging, they're ducking, they're jumping. They're trying to like figure out like where you, you got this sweeping log, man. And then you got to go outside. You got to get in your car to go to work or school. I'm not sure how you do it. If you bust out the windshield or out the thing, I'm not sure. But you get to work or school and now you're interacting with the people you do the daily routine with. And you got this log and everywhere you go, just sweeping around you. Okay, can you visualize that? That's what Jesus says blind spots are. That they're like a giant log sticking out of our face, knocking the people we love down. That they have to deal with our blind spots, our pessimism, our negativity, our grumpiness, our, our, our issues, our drama, whatever our stuff is. That literally it just sweeps through their world and they got to figure out how to dip it, duck it, dodge it. So what happens Eventually, you knock down the people you love so many times with your blind spots that they back away. Blind spots drive people out of your life. Eventually, they just get tired of being knocked down so many times. They're tired of being knocked down by your anger. They're tired of being knocked down by your bitterness. They're tired of being knocked down by your selfishness that you genuinely can't see. Like you don't even really know it's there, but you knock them down so many times that eventually they just back up and they might say, yeah, I'm, I'm not leaving this marriage, but, but, but I'm, I'm creating some space because I can't get knocked down anymore. I say, I, I'm not leaving this family, but, but this is just dysfunctional and it hurts me every time we talk because you just knocked me down. So, so I'm, I'm just creating some space. I might not leave this friendship, but, but I'm not really leaning in anymore because man, that thing just comes ripping through and it knocks me down. I'm not quitting this job, but I'm not putting my whole heart into it anymore because I need to create some space. Does that make sense to you? This is the visual Jesus is trying to portray to us. This is the visual that Jesus is trying to say, this is why it matters because you don't even realize it, but you are literally knocking the people that you love down. You're driving them off the road of life and you don't even realize it. And they have no idea how to help you become aware of this giant blind spot that is keeping you from moving forward in life. And then what happens is because they push away, 
We then have a misperception of why they went away. We create a false conclusion, which leads us to dysfunctional action. And we start making it about their rejecting us. They're acting like this. They're doing that. The truth is, if you're here today and you feel lonely and you feel like all the relationships in your life follow the same pattern, that at some point everyone pushes away, could it just be that there's a blind spot in your life that's knocking them down? So let's deal with that. This is why in Luke 6, Jesus says, you must acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them before you will be able to deal with the blind spot of your friend. Guess what? Jesus actually says part of our life purpose is to help remove the blind spots out of each other's eyes. But we got to deal with our log before we worry about their speck, which is the good news because Jesus came to open up blind eyes. Luke chapter four, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me for recovery of sight for the blind. Jesus didn't come just to open physical eyes. He came to open up your spiritual eyes and remove the blind spots from your life so you can live free and be healthy. Okay. So for one, how about for one series? We don't worry about the speck in anybody else's eye, but for three weeks, we just say, Jesus, show me the log in my eye. And what I want to do is basically this message is a two-part message. I want to set up how we figure out what our blind spots are. And then next week, I'll tell you how we actually deal with them. Okay. You with me on that? Okay. So here's how we figure out what the giant sweeping log that's knocking everyone down in our life that we love is. First thing is this, admit you have blind spots. Okay. Everybody say, I have blind spots. spots. Now say it again like you mean it. Didn't that feel so freeing and good? Okay, and if you think you don't have blind spots, that's your blind spot. (laughs) I just gave you everything you needed to know. You just figured it out right there. That is your blind spot. See, here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs says, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. In other words, a fool seems wise in his own eyes. A fool thinks, I don't have any blind spots. You all, you people have blind spots. I've been trying to help you for years. Yeah, that's the fool. That's called pride. Listen to me, pride blinds you. Pride blinds you, why? Because pride is rooted in the kingdom of darkness and you can't see anything in the dark. So pride blinds you from seeing what's right in front of you. I mean, I mean, just think about this. If you say you have no blind spots, that's like saying you have 20-20 spiritual vision. That's like saying you perfectly see yourself, God, and the world around you with complete accuracy. And here's how you know. Are you more focused on the speck in their eye or the log in your own eye? And if you're sitting here right now thinking, man, I so wish so-and-so would be here today for this message. Just saying, right? I mean, think about this for a second. Satan is called the father of lies. He's the great deceiver. He wants to blind you and keep you in the darks because he doesn't want you to be free and healthy. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4 says the God of this age, Satan, he's the ruler of this world for now, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan has literally come to blind the minds of unbelievers. So pause. An unbeliever or someone who is yet to put their faith in Jesus, they don't have blind spots, they're blind. If you don't believe in Jesus, 
The Bible would say you don't have blind spots, you're blind. You're stuck in the kingdom of darkness. There is no light. But the moment we put our faith in Jesus, we now can see, but we still have blind spots. And what God does is he continues to reveal more and more of the glory of Christ to us. And it's the glory of Christ that allows us to continue to see ourselves, God, and the world around us more accurately and clearly with each step we take. That's why the Bible tells us we go from glory to glory. We lose more and more blind spots with every step we take with Jesus. Does that make sense to you? This is why Romans 12 says, for by the grace God, grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself rather with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So pause. He says, hey, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Have sober judgment about your life. The challenge is, is if you've been in religion for any period of time, you will read that verse and you will think, I need to think really bad about myself. I'm full of shame and guilt and I need to put myself down. No, that's not what it's saying. It's saying, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. In other words, don't have this view of pride like you've got it all figured out, but also don't have this shame, woe is me, I'm a worthless nobody. Thinking of yourself in an accurate, healthy way is saying, I'm a beloved son or daughter on a journey of freedom with Jesus. Sober judgment means Jesus has already been judged on my behalf. So now, because I understand that, I'm a beloved son. I can see, but I know I still got blind spots. So I'm on a journey of moving forward with him. There is no blind spot in your life that is beyond the ability for Jesus to heal. But you have to start by acknowledging you have blind spots and then his grace will flow and he will open up your eyes to see things you never have seen before so you can see what is and what can be in your life. Second thing is this, invite the Holy Spirit to start exposing your blind spots. Listen, the Holy Spirit is your best friend. He's, he's God within you. Jesus says he's your counselor, your comforter. Jesus said it was good for him to go so the Holy Spirit could come. And what the Holy Spirit does is he moves into our lives when we invite him and he shows us our blind spots. Look at this. Jesus says, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Big verse. Again, we can get lost in this. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to convict, to show you Sin, righteousness, and judgment. That like makes us panic. We're like, I don't want a relationship with a guy that's always gonna tell me what's wrong with me. I don't either. But that's not what he's come to do. See, the word sin means to miss the mark. So the Holy Spirit comes into your life to show you where you're missing the mark, where there's blind spots in your life that you're unaware of. And he's reminding you that you don't need to live that way anymore because in Jesus, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have a right relationship with God that Jesus was already judged on your behalf. So you now can live in freedom. So you don't have to live this way anymore. He's not there to say, I'm pointing this out because you're bad and you're not this. And so you're going to be judged. No, no, no. In Jesus, he says, you don't have to have blind spots anymore because you've been set free in him because he went to the cross for you. So here's what the Holy Spirit will do. He will move in real gently and calmly and he will say, hey, so you see this over here? I know you don't. So let me point it out. 
You don't need to gossip anymore. I know you're not even aware of this, but you gossip all the time. It's almost like it's, like, it's like it's comfortable for you in conversation. Like you don't even know what else to do besides gossiping about other people. But you don't need to do that anymore because you're a beloved son or daughter. So you can spend your life now speaking about the goodness of God and about the good things God wants to do in the lives of others. He'll move over here and he'll point and say, hey, do you, do you see this right here? Yeah. You kind of get dramatic. You kind of like panic and freak out at, at things that you don't really need to. See, you're a beloved son or daughter and your father is holding the whole world together. He's holding your life together. So you don't have to be dramatic when a storm comes into your life anymore. He'll move over here and say, hey, see this right here? Like there, there's a lot of pride in your life. You're not even aware of it. You don't even know where it comes from, but, but you don't have to spend your life telling everybody how awesome you are anymore. Because in Jesus, you are already the most significant you will ever be, which means you have nothing to prove, achieve, or earn. You have everything to receive, discover, and explore. So let's be free of this. That's the Holy Spirit. And what he will often do is he will bring you to the word of God. So I Psalm 119, it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. In other words, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God combine together to bring this explosive reality that gives us vision and revelation and understanding of things we could never see with our own physical eyes. And he starts peeling back the layers so that we understand who we are, who God is, and what we were created to do. In, in fact, maybe the best way of saying it is the Holy Spirit is like a backup camera. Have you ever driven a car with a backup camera? Come on. Those things are amazing. I had a truck one time when I first got it, it had a backup camera in it and I had no idea how to use it. So, you know, you're, you're kind of doing all the stuff to, to back up and kind of like a disaster, but then you figure out how to use this camera and it's like, you can like at 15 miles an hour, like whip into spots, you know, using the camera, get within six inches of something else, you know, it's like, I'm a boo, 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 you know, it's, like, it's amazing. Okay. And then I got rid of that truck and got a different car that doesn't have a backup camera in it. And when I got that car, I was like a disaster. I couldn't like back up anymore. I didn't know what to do. I would get my kids, get out of the car and tell me if I can get in there. I learned to rely on that camera so much. It showed me everything. That's the Holy Spirit. When you start relying on him, he shows you all the things you can't see. All of your blind spots. So you can be safe. You see, the Holy Spirit is kind. He's just like Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of him. He's not there to, to condemn you. He's there to free you. In fact, if you look at how Jesus dealt with blind people in the Bible, physical blindness, it's exactly how the Holy Spirit deals with our spiritual blindness. Jesus was so kind and so gentle to every blind person he engaged with. And that's how the Holy Spirit will be with you. And what I think is so interesting is Jesus didn't heal every blind person during his day but he healed every blind person that called out for help. The Holy Spirit is not able to heal every blind person in the world because not everyone wants the help. But the Holy Spirit will reveal every blind spot to every person who says, will you help me? Jesus, I wanna see. And they'll say, open your eyes. And the third thing is simply this, Ask healthy, godly people what your blind spots are. Okay. Ask healthy, 
godly people. Let's start there. This means we're not asking girls from girls night out. This means we're not asking the guys from the locker room. This means we're not asking the people from the office or our dysfunctional family members. No, no. We're asking healthy, godly people. Healthy, godly. It means they're dealing with their own blind spots and they know the word of God and they're humble enough for his grace to flow and they're willing to go on this journey with you. We are not asking dysfunctional worldly people. Why? Because if you ask a dysfunctional worldly people what your blind spot is, they're probably going to be like, oh man, I've been waiting for you to ask me. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want that kind of counsel. Or they're going to say, girl, you're amazing. You don't have any blind spot. Like, don't worry about it. That's nothing. That's dysfunctional too. Listen to this. Proverbs says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In other words, a friend will tell you what you need to hear. An enemy will tell you what you want to hear. Healthy, godly people will tell you what you need to hear. So here's what you do. You say, hey, I know I have some blind spots in my life and I can't see them. Could you help me? Would you tell me what my blind spots are? And then listen. Listen. Stop talking. Two ears, one mouth. Zip it, open it. And listen. No, listen. James 1, you must all be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. Listen. And guess what? You're going to be tempted to get angry because when they start telling you about a log coming out of your face, it's not going to feel great. Be like, yeah, I'm going to tell you now about your log in your face. No, you're going to listen and you're going to ask questions and you're going to say, can you specifically help me understand how I come across and the ways I knock people down and the things I just don't see about myself. And it's not going to feel great. Because ain't nobody like to hear that they've had a piece of salad in their beard for the last four hours. I'm just saying, imagine telling that guy four hours, he knows when he had lunch and you're like, yeah, bro, you got, you know, kind of, he's like, oh my goodness, he's thinking about every person he talked to in the last four hours. It doesn't feel good, but it's the only way we find freedom. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him. You know what that means? If we never hear the truth in love, we will never grow up into everything Jesus has called us to be. Most of us are stuck in a life of immaturity because we never have anyone say, this is your blind spot and it's knocking everyone down and it's keeping you from the future that God has for you. And if they do say it, we get offended and we start swinging it even faster and harder to drive them out of our lives. This is truth, man. This is how this whole game works. See, we need each other. Like you understand, you can't see what you look like without a mirror. The only reason you know what you look like is because you've looked in a mirror. Godly relationships are the mirror of life. The same way you don't know what your face looks like without a mirror, you don't know who you really are without godly, healthy people mirroring it back to you. Saying, this is how you come across. This is how you act. This is how you behave. These are the things about you that are amazing. And these are the things about you that Jesus wants to heal. You don't know. So the question is, is who in your life can tell you about your blind spots? 
Because guess what? It requires a whole lot of courage to tell someone else about a blind spot. Because it risks the relationship. If I ask you to tell me my blind spots and you tell me something I don't want to hear and I respond poorly, the relationship just imploded. Which is why most of us will never be truthful back. Oh, you're, you're, that's, ah, ah. That might be your blind spot. Is I'm not willing to have conflict that's designed to help someone else be free. This is how this thing works. And so we get stuck. In fact, here's a great question. What was the last time you asked someone what a blind spot in your life was? When was the last time you looked at someone in the face and said, hey, can, can, you, can you just help me get better? Can you help me be a better parent or husband or wife or, or, or employee or coach or student or te- team member, friend? I mean, I know there's some areas of brokenness in my life. I'm honestly, I'm just confused and stuck a little bit. Could, could you help me? And when you ask the right person, they put their hand on the log and they move way in. And they help you get rid of it. So you can see. I mean, do you remember the Apostle Paul? Let me close with this. He, he's Saul. He's this, he's this bad dude. He has an encounter with Jesus on the road. He's had an encounter with Jesus and it says he's left blind. So he's had an encounter with Jesus. So like, let's call this his salvation moment. But he's got scales now over his eyes and he can't see. So God sends this guy by the name of Ananias. It says, then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. Okay, you, you want to talk about courage. Saul was the guy killing all the Christians. So now God says to Ananias, I want you to go tell Saul something he may not want to hear. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you are coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again and got up and was baptized. Okay, do you know what that means? That means God sent someone into Paul's life to touch him and heal him from the blind spots in his world. That means that God sends people into your life and my life to touch us and point out the blind spots that we have so that we can see. So the question is, is do you let them in? Like, do do you let people actually come in enough to say, I know this hurts, but man, you act like this and you don't even know it. Man, the way you treat your kids, it's a blind spot. The way you prioritize things in life, you have no idea how much it's destroying you and your family. Let's talk about that. And here's the question. When they say it, do you listen? Or do you start swinging that thing to get get them out of there? And guess what? If Paul would have rejected Ananias, God would have sent someone else. And if he would have rejected that person, he would have sent someone else. If you reject that person, he sent someone else. Why? Because God is relentless with his grace. He won't give up on you. He'll just keep sending people into your life. So the question is, is have you gone through about 10 iterations of people for that blind spot? Can you literally sit here today and think of patterns in your life that have never been corrected, that people keep coming in and trying to point something out and you get so offended and it brings something up inside of you that you knock them down with your log and send them away? God wants to change that and set you free. 
You have blind spots and I have blind spots. And Jesus wants to open our eyes so that we might see and be free. So this is part one. Here's the challenge this week. This week, take some time. Acknowledge you have blind spots. Invite the Holy Spirit to start revealing them and ask one person in your life, what's one blind spot you have? (laughs) Don't say, give me all my blind spots. You'll get overwhelmed and cry and never want to do it again. (laughs) Just one. And if they won't tell you, say, no, I need you to love me enough to tell me something I don't want to hear. Okay. And then let the grace of God start working in that. And then next week, we'll talk about what do you do when you start becoming aware of those blind spots? Because Jesus came so you don't have to live in the darkness. So you can live in the full light of life and see and be free. So Jesus, thank you that you are the God who has come to give us vision. That you are the God who came to destroy the kingdom of darkness so that we might see you and see who you've created us to be and see the life that you have for us. So right now, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, this is how you open up your eyes for the first time saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I put my faith and my trust that you came to die for me so that I could be free. And for the first time in your life, all of the brokenness and the sin and the pain and the baggage, maybe you watch those people get baptized today and you say, I want that. Hope is here for you. And it's by calling out to the name of Jesus. And he'll open your eyes and then we go on this journey with him of removing one blind spot after another so that we can clearly see. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to work in our lives this week. May we be gracious and patient enough to just hear some things, to notice some things, to see some things about the ways we've unintentionally been hurting the people in our lives the way we've been pushing back opportunities and not moving forward because of brokenness that we don't see. Thank you for grace that is unrelenting, that has come to set us free and give us eyes to see and ears to hear everything that you have for us in your kingdom. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray.